Welcome to Relationship Workout for Men, a podcast dedicated to helping men be intentional in choosing a better partner and being a better partner for the person they choose. Season 2, Episode 9, Drama is Born and Sex Suffers. Let's say you've been married for over a decade and how often you have sex with your wife has dropped to almost never. You're sexually frustrated. You bring up to your wife that you two should have more sex, which turns into an argument and clear as day drama. Now what? We've all experienced drama, a life situation turned into an argument infused with unconscious poisons such as hostility, blame, denial, control, rage, manipulation, withdrawal, outbursts, tension, distancing, and well, you get the idea. Seriously, at each other's throats. It's fugliness. But drama doesn't somehow magically appear out of thin air. Rather, drama is a result of a chain reaction of cause and effect. Drama begins with a life situation triggering a hot button, exploding an expectation, and setting the once dormant demon afire with anger. In addition, drama gets its emotional and mental energy from a tight feedback loop of judgmental thinking and negative emotions. When this drama chain reaction is put in motion, then arguments can go round and round. Now it's important to realize, however, that the triggering life situations do not create pain or drama on their own. Life situations are simply life situations. Words are just words, actions are just actions. How often you have sex with your wife is just a number. In a very real way, even death and taxes are just death and taxes. It's when the life situation doesn't meet a highly attached expectation tied to a wound that the raging fire begins. Therefore, some situations really set some people off while the same situation won't even mildly bother others. You get upset when your wife doesn't want to have sex with you and she's totally fine if you only have sex once in a while. This emotional explosion by itself does not give energy to the drama cause and effect chain reaction. For the drama chain reaction to continue to burn, it needs fuel. And this fuel is provided by the tight feedback loop of judgmental thinking and resulting negative emotions. This is the key. Even when an emotional explosion does happen, by witnessing your thoughts, you can stop the drama from burning out of control. So what is this tight feedback loop of judgmental thinking and negative emotions? I call it the cycle of non-acceptance. After all, resistance to what is in the present moment is futile. What is, is. When your mind resists the facts going on right now, this fuels a tight feedback loop of judgmental thinking and negative emotions that drives non-acceptance to what is. So let's start with judgmental thinking. Angry emotional demons castrate what is with judgmental thinking. After all, what is right now just poured what feels like acid on an unhealed wound? What is right now is threatening not to deliver on expectations which fuels the judgment. Demons want to make at least some part, if not all, of what is different. For instance, if you had your heart set on spending the afternoon golfing with buddies, but your main squeeze is pressing you to fix the bathroom faucet, there can be resistance to what is. If you expect to be spoken to in a certain way, but your girlfriend is up all up in your grill, probably being controlled by her own demon, you can feel resistance to what is right now. If your wife says no to sex for what seems like the hundredth time in a row, you can feel a lot of resistance to what is right now. This resistance will show itself as a misexpectation driving judgmental thinking as you can judge your partner as somehow being a bad person 
for not meeting your expectation. These judgmental thoughts often show themselves as criticism, such as thinking she's clueless, show up as contempt, such as thinking she's a bitch. They can show up as stonewalling, such as thinking it's not even worth talking to her anymore about the topic. And then there's negative emotions. It's important to realize that thoughts and emotions feed into each other in an endless circle. This means if you're thinking judgmental thoughts, you're going to feel accompanying negative emotions such as anger, anxiety, sadness, grief, impatience, or frustration. Here's an example of the cycle of non-acceptance in action. 1. Expectation. Your wife should wash your clothes. 2. Life situation. She doesn't wash your clothes. 3. Emotional explosion. Your insights lock up because for some reason you have a hot button attached to her washing your clothes. After all, you believe she should wash your clothes. 4. Judgmental thinking. You think she's just being lazy. 5. Negative emotions. This thought that she's lazy feeds negative emotions such as impatience, frustration, and anger. 6. Tight feedback loop. These negative emotions, like anger, can drive other stories of how she's somehow a bad person. For instance, you might spin a judgmental story about her as being unappreciative of everything you do. After all, if she really appreciated all you do for her, then she'd most certainly wash your clothes. This then can fuel more anger. This cycle can go on and on until you choose to witness your thoughts and accept what is. Now, this doesn't mean roll over and just accept she won't wash your clothes. Rather, accepting what is means witnessing your thoughts to temper down any emotional explosion from happening. After all, a demon cycle of non-acceptance controlling your mind can lead to mental pain and suffering. Unless you're a total masochist, there's no real pleasure in judgmental thoughts. I love how she acts like such a bitch towards me. That doesn't make any sense. It's quite the opposite, especially when the judgment is showered on a supposed loved one. In turn, the negative emotions such as anger, anxiety, impatience, grief, sadness, and hatred, well, they feed into her body as emotional pain and suffering. That's not fun at all. As it turns out, some people grow up constantly filled with negativity. For these people, they may believe that constantly feeling anger and anxiety is somehow normal. But it's not. Few will argue that negativity brings them peace, love, and happiness. In addition, this emotional pain and suffering runs the risk of turning into physical ailments, making worse any physical wounds. In fact, research has shown that emotional pain is processed in the same area of the brain as the physical pain. This means continued negative emotions can lead to chronic pain. And why choose this? Why not choose a path that leads towards peace instead? And how do you do this? A path toward peace begins with a cycle of acceptance, which starts with listening to the voice in your head. Freedom and liberation from your mind begins by playing witness to your thoughts and accepting what is. Put simply, you learn to listen to that voice in your head. What is it saying right now? What is it saying when you're having what feels like a difficult conversation with your partner? What is it saying when an expectation of yours isn't being met? What is it saying when you're horny as hell, but your wife says no to sex because she says she has a headache? Also, learn to listen impartially to your mind's voice. Don't judge your thoughts because then all you're doing is allowing the judgmental thinking back in, this time you against yourself. When you start to listen to that voice in your head, you begin to realize that there is a voice in your head. 
This sounds rather obvious, but, but it isn't, especially when you're stuck in a cycle of unconscious non-acceptance. When you do this, you begin to realize a sense of yourself that is beyond thought. You're now the watcher of your thoughts versus being identified by your thoughts. You start to see your mind as the tool that it is versus something that gives identity to who you think you are. As you learn to listen in a disinterested way to your thoughts, you become more and more the master of your mental domain. Your mind and ego don't control you. Rather, you're in control. It's like taming a lion. You'd rather have the whip in hand than become the lion's lunch. Let's say you're at the gym on bench with a goal of doing 10 reps. You've just finished the ninth rep when your body screams, enough. If you don't listen to your thoughts and instead allow your ego to take control, you might just go for that 10th rep. Maybe you're thinking about the 10 reps you did in the past with even more weight. You should be able to do 10 now. Maybe you're comparing yourself to the guy beside you who's lifting even more weight. Regardless, your body is telling you to stop, but your ego is telling you to do one more rep. And what happens if you go for the 10th? Well, maybe this time you get halfway up and that's it. No harm, no foul. You tried and it didn't happen. However, what happens if this time you pull something? You tear a tendon. Now you'll be off the bench for weeks. On the other hand, if you're focused on your breathing form and what your muscles are telling you in the present moment, you will know when enough is enough. When this happens, you're listening to your thoughts and body, not judging yourself for skipping the last rep. Today, you simply didn't have the 10th rep in you. That's okay. You stop at 9 and all is fine. Perhaps next time you'll get someone to spot you so you can go for the 10th one. Regardless, you've moved on to the next moment. No drama, no pulled muscles, no negative thoughts about being weak. You're the master of your mental domain. You won, your ego nothing. And when you do this, you begin to detach from your mind with compassionate thinking. Your thoughts start to lose their power both to control you and to energize you into reactive behavior. If your partner says something negative and biting, before reactively spitting toxic venom, you watch your thoughts. You observe any negativity spinning in your head as you observe any desire to say defensive or hurtful things in response. If your wife says no to sex, you don't sulk. You don't say anything hurtful back. You don't start planning to have an affair. No, from this mindful, calmer place, you lead with compassion. And through compassion, you become curious. You might ask her why she seems to be disinterested in having sex with you. Through compassion, you'll also find yourself open to hearing her story. Perhaps you'll find there's been a misunderstanding and you're the source of the confusion. Perhaps you'll find that she prefers to have a few hours warning so she has time to get herself to feel fresher to have sex. Perhaps you'll find she feels embarrassed about the few extra pounds she's gained. Perhaps you'll find that since having kids, she just doesn't orgasm very often anymore, if at all, and having sex more times than not just leaves her feeling sexually frustrated. Put another way, there's a difference between I was so angry I totally lost it versus I watched myself start to get frustrated with her. Likewise, there's a difference between give me what I want right now versus, well, let's talk about a need I have that's not being met. The compassionate thoughts will then feed emotions of peacefulness. After all, you don't have negativity thumping around in your head ready to capsize your love boat. These feelings of peacefulness then give space for you to feel empathy for your person. In other words, you can put yourself in her shoes. Whereas before you might have been judgmental, now you might say something like, wow, 
That must be difficult to constantly be left hanging without an orgasm. These feelings of peacefulness also give space for happiness. You now have the space in your thoughts to appreciate and be grateful for all the amazing things you two have together. After all, your marriage isn't all about how often you have sex together. You give yourself room to realize how lucky you both are to have each other instead of focusing on perceived shortcomings in the marriage. With appreciation and gratitude in your thoughts, you're both much more likely to treat each other with love and respect. And when you treat your wife with love and respect, she feels more connected to you. And when she feels more connected to you, she's more likely to want to be intimate with you. Maybe through your curiosity to better understand what's going on for her in the bedroom, well, that might lead you to explore, say, using sex toys to help her orgasm. In summary, when you accept what is and witness your thoughts, you empower yourself to show up as the loving and kind person you truly are, regardless of the life situation. No arrogance, no ego-driven monster showing up to wreck the party. You're the master of your mental domain. Your ego score zero, your cooperative love score, well, it's boundless. Plus, you're much more likely to have a better sex life together. In the next episode, I'll share how I let my demons sabotage a potentially great relationship. Mm -hmm.